Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and read. Check this out. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Walking about. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. South of the border, down Mexico way. That's where I fell in love when stars above. All right, all right. Little Frank Sinatra here. No, it's not Joe Piscopo, the two-hour extravaganza that he hosts on Sunday night from 6 to 8. But it's continued war drum beat that so many here in America are wanting in order to take it to the Mexican cartels, the drug cartels, the narco-terrorists south of the border. And I scratch my head and I say, really? You want to go to war, huh? You want to go to war. And just to give you the updates of the uh, four Americans who had gone south of the border from Brownsville. Brownsville is on the uh, American side. Not Brownsville, Brooklyn, never ran, never will. But Brownsville, Texas. And then uh, next stop, you cross the border, Matamoros. And you go there, you buy your legal drugs. You get medical procedures, dental procedures, all kinds of scenarios that take place on a daily basis. But these four American tourists from South Carolina, African-Americans, claim that they were there to uh, accompany uh, the young lady from South Carolina for a tummy tuck. I don't buy that. Not at all. Uh, If you ask me, they were there to make a drug deal. These all four of these folks have been busted for drugs before and drug selling in South Carolina. So let's connect the dots and not go to war because four Americans get kidnapped by the Gulf Cartel, and then all of a sudden they kill two of them, they injure the others, they are recovered. And I, I, I mean, it's an endless verbal assault uh, on America claiming we're doing nothing and we need to go to war. Let's listen to our own Brian Kilmeade just about an hour today, actually say that the uh, apology from the Gulf Cartel is not acceptable. I believe that when he Graham comes out and says it's time to start rocketing the cartels, next thing you know, they actually apologized for killing two of our people and kidnapping the other two. I say apology not accepted. Uh, Brian Kilmeade, you got to understand that the Gulf Cartel has been in control of that northern border for close to 100 years. Their adversaries, I guess I'm the only one here at WABC who can connect all the dots because everybody else just wants to go to war. Uh, the Zetas. Uh, now, Mastoni and Phil, please look this up. Uh, you might educate yourself and maybe our audience, Lou, and uh, Justin Ellick, and, of course, Diego, who's prepared any moment to go back to Mexico City, join the Guardian Angels there, and launch a counteroffensive against the United States forces of Lindsey Graham, and every other warmonger out there. The Zetas 
were the Mexican Marines that we took under our wing to Fort Benning, Georgia, and trained them to go after the narco-terrorists. And guess what happened? They became the security for the narco-terrorists. And then they determined, hey, we, we don't have to get paid to be security. We could be narco-terrorists ourselves. We created part of this monster. But no, 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 weapon. God forbid we actually go back and deal with any history. So that's Brian Kilmeade. And then our own Bill O'Reilly was banging the drums of war also uh, earlier today on his update. On this Friday, we are still waiting for President Biden to comment on the two African-Americans killed by Mexican cartel thugs. I guess the president is mulling over a response. I'm mulling over a response. Okay. And what else did Bill O'Reilly have to say? It's so strange and frustrating especially if you or family members have been victimized. Do something, Joe Biden. What do you want Don't him to just sit there? What do you want him to do, Bill? You want him to start launching cruise mex- uh, missiles into Mexico right before spring break when many college kids, high school kids, are going to go into Acapulco, Cancun, and probably Ted Cruz himself. Remember two years ago he snuck away as Texas was in an ice grip, a cold grip, their electrical grid went down, and he flew off, I think it was, to uh, Cancun to join his family, he said, oh, to be with his family. Get out of here. They're just looking to drum up a war. It almost reminds me, Lou, of the famous scenes of Humphrey Bogart and the treasure of Sierra Madre as he was in the hills with other Americans, other gringos, Panning for gold. Oiga, señor, we are federales. You know, the mountain police. If you're the police, where are your badges? Badges? We ain't got no badges. We don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. Better not come any closer. No sea tonto, hombre. We didn't try to do you any harm. Why don't you try to be a little more polite? Give us your gun. And we leave you in peace. I need my gun myself. Oh, throw that old iron over here. We'll pick it up and go Norway. You go anyway without my gun and go quick. Shot him right through the hat. And so the federales went back and they had a quick meeting. And then they came back to Humphrey Bogart and all the gringos that were panning for gold in the Sierra Madre. And tried a little bit more, not of surus, but of convincing to just leave your gun. And you know Americans are never going to put down their guns. Second Amendment, we're never going to put down our gun. Look here, amigo. You got the wrong idea. We don't want to get you gun for nothing. We want to buy it. Look, I have a gold watch with a gold chain made in your own country. The watch and the chain, they were the least. 200 pesos. I'll change it for you, gone. You better take it. That's a good business for you. You keep your watch. I'll keep my gun. Oh, you keep it. You will keep it. We won't get it. I'll show you. They shot the, the gold watch out of his hand. When's the last time we had a gold watch made in America? By the way, Humphrey Bogart lived on the Upper West Side. They got a street named after him. Uh, the place that is most opposed to the Second Amendment. Hi, uh, how ironic, but here he is again, the warmonger himself, Lindsey Graham. 
I remember those days when John uh, McCain was alive, and it was Joe Lieberman from Connecticut, who always sounded like he, uh, he was suffering from uh, some kind of a stomach problem. And, of course, warmonger Lindsey Graham, they wanted war in Iraq. They wanted war in Iran. They wanted war in Syria. They wanted war in Libya. And now, without the benefit of having Joe Lieberman, sounds like he has constipation and the uh, uh, gone into uh, the heaven skies, John McCain, solo, he's banging the drums for war against Mexico. Drug cartels in Mexico have been terrorizing Americans for decades. We're going to unleash the fury and might of the United States against these cartels. We're going to destroy their business model and their lifestyle because our national security and the security of the United States as a whole depends on us taking decisive action. What the hell are you talking about, the divisive action? Decisive action. Where, where are you going to go? Are you going to launch cruise missiles at so-called laboratories that are creating fentanyl? You really going to do that? You got 1.6 million American expats living in Mexico because they can live on Social Security. And they're living well. Uh, if you start lobbying cruise missiles into Mexico, right, do they have to pick up and then go back to Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin, and other states? Uh, and then what about all the tourists? You really think you're going to stop the kids from going on spring break to Acapulco, Cancun, and other places I mean the hysteria, the fear, fright, hysteria, and hype to go to war. And then naturally, it was signaled on by Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana, another warmonger. I don't mean any disrespect, but both President Biden and President Lopez Obrador, when it comes to the border and the drug cartels, have been sheep and sheep's clothing. And this has gone on long enough. Uh, if you have the will, we we in America have the ability to help President AMLO, as some call him, eradicate these drug cartels. And how are you going to do that, Senator Kennedy of Louisiana? First of all, our number one trading partner in the whole world is Mexico. More truck traffic uh, that comes from Mexico with all the goods that Americans buy. Are you going to stop? And check out every 18-wheel tractor trailer to see if fentanyl is laced somehow in the cargo containers. That would be impossible. Business would grind to a halt. What about all the Mexicans who come across the border and have work visas each and every day and work in the border towns and then go back to their border cities in Mexico? Do we suddenly close the border off to all traffic, all commerce? This is nuts. And then, of course, there's our own James Golden, and I, I really feel sorry, uh, Lou, and Macedonia, Phil, for Diego, his board operator, who was birthed in Mexico, that's his nation of origin, who has to listen to all this nonsense. And then the very guy that he's the board operator, host James Golden, said what is, to me, the craziest thing out of the many crazy things that I've heard in the last week in which everybody now wants to lob cruise missiles into Mexico. If you're on a highway in Mexico, you are traveling on an unsafe road. No matter what highway you are, you are open to a threat. Now, I hope Diego actually stands up today when he is the board operator and threatens to bolt 
if James Golden isn't going to amend that. You know how many Americans are crisscrossing Mexico each and every day on the highways with no problems whatsoever? Remember when we were kids, we learned about the Pan-American Highway. It starts in North America. And if you take it correctly, it'll take you right all the way to the tip of Argentina and Chile, right across the Straits uh, of the Isthmus of Panama, the Panama Canal. Remember that when we were kids? Yeah, people do that every day. Truck traffic, van traffic, tourists, cars. It's unsafe. Hey, can I hear that one more time, Lou? Please, please, please. If you're on the highway in Mexico, you are traveling on an unsafe road. No matter what highway you are, you are open to a threat. Where the hell does he get this stuff from? And by the way, the president of Mexico uh, argued back and he said, you know, maybe the United States should get control of its own social situation in which you have provided the demand. You have all these drug addicts. You have all these people who have an insatiable appetite to use illegal drugs. You have Americans who come across the border to purchase illegal pharmaceutical products, legal pharmaceutical products at cut rate prices. But you also have Americans who have an insatiable appetite for all the illegal drugs. And you're blaming us. Now, he said uh, they don't manufacture fentanyl in the laboratories of Mexico. That's false. But then again, Mayor Suarez in Miami at a recent meeting that I attended here in New York, when I asked him about neighborhoods, when I said to him, well, what about Liberty City? What about Overtown? You got some real serious drug problems and crime problems there. He said, no, no, we don't have those kind of drug problems anymore. And then I raised my hand and I said, uh, Mr. Mayor, Mayor Suarez, who thinks he's going to run for president as a Republican, if not this time, another time. Do you have a fentanyl problem? And in front of everybody, he said, no, we don't have a fentanyl issue in Miami. <laughs> so whether it is the uh, president of Mexico lying about that or the mayor of Miami, it's so typical of officials on both sides of the border. Ask them a straight-up question, and they lie, lie, lie. Check this out. It's the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is the Riffin' Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. So great to come to America illegally, come across the border, and we pay for your education. Hit it, James Brown. Godfather of soul, soul brother number one. Ladies and gentlemen, you may be down on your luck, but don't struggle with social services or the government bureaucracy. Just go south of the border to Mexico and break into the country, coming in through the Texas border, uh, and immediately you will be brought to New York City, Nueva, New York. Catholic Charities will provide you with uh, bus tickets where you can pound the hound, courtesy of the federal taxpayers who get ripped off by Catholic Charities, which has become a racket. 
Or just go up to Canada and break in through the northern border. That's what a lot of illegals are doing now, flying to Quebec and walking across the border into New York State and Vermont and then heading right to Nueva York. And you would think that don't they realize that Mayor Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, who is constantly pivoting and shifting, or as we call it, flip-flopping, must be a manic depressive because one minute he's saying the inn is closed. There's no more room in the inn even for Carpenter Joseph, the Blessed Virgin Mary Mother, or the little baby Jesus. This is just unfair for local governments to have to take on this national obligation. We've done our job. Uh, there's no more room at the end. No more room at the end. Well, wait a second. Can I hear that again, Lou? No more room at the end. Let me hear that, please. There's no more room at the end. There's mm. no more room at the end. There's mm. no more room at the end. There's no more room at the end. There's no more room at the end. Okay, there's no more room at the end. We're spending $5 million a day for illegal aliens. They continue to pour into our city. But if there's no more room at the inn, why did you have a ribbon-cutting ceremony with other elected officials and members of City Hall staff announcing an asylum-seeker plan which would put a center, you won't even say where it's going to be, available to asylum seekers, a.k.a. migrants, or as I call them, illegal aliens, 24-7-365. We're going to move towards long-term housing and resettlement, including resettlement to pre-vetted uh, cities and municipalities that welcome asylum seekers. Now, now wait a second. What, what, what cities are welcoming uh, asylum seekers? Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, I have not seen nor heard from mayors of nearby large municipalities. Let's look north into Westchester. Sano, the normal Sano, is always a Republican. In this case, he flipped the script, went from being a Republican, a family of 18 sons and daughters, into becoming a Democrat. The Democratic mayor of Westchester has said, no, we're not taking any illegal aliens from New York City. We're not putting them in the Schlobein projects. No, 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 no. Okay, so that's one. Across the Hudson River is uh, Gnome Layden's very dear friend. He lives up in the heights with him and protects him in every one of his newscasts from any derision. Steve Phillips, graduate of Goldmine Sachs, who says he's going to run for governor because half in the bag always smash Governor Murphy. Thank God his term limited. Also a graduate of Goldmine Sachs, like John Corzine was. And I say to myself, what are you, what are you, a masochist there? It's always got to be somebody from Goldmine Sachs in New Jersey. It should have been Cinderella. It should be Cinderella the next time. But anyway, I haven't seen Steve Phillips leading a liberal and progressive enclave with all the hipster and millennial friends of Nome Laden up in the Heights embracing any illegals from New York City. Nor have I seen that from Roz Baraka who was made a fool out of but didn't care because he was getting wine-dined in pocket line by a felon on the loose from India. That was our lead story, courtesy of Noam Laden, who has no problems bashing the mayor of uh, Newark. That's a good thing. But never, never, never bashes the mayor of Jersey City. That's not fair and square. But, I mean, think of all that. There is nobody who has stepped up and said, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, 
that they're willing to take all these illegal aliens that continue to pour into New York City from south of the border and north of the border. So what are you talking about? And then it goes back to what had happened in August when Governor Abbott in Texas said, we can't, we can't put up with this. We're sending these illegal aliens to Washington, D.C., to Philadelphia, to Chicago, and to New York. And instead of keeping the illegal aliens on the bus and turning the bus around, what did Eric Adams, swagger man, do? Let's have immediate translation services to assist that people can have access to the services that are already available. We have to expand uh, NYC care to make sure everyone has health care. We need to make sure we have proper translation services in our schools so that we can start building out the future as well. We are going to fulfill our moral and legal obligation to house everyone that enters uh, New York City. Uh, that is what we have done, and that is what we will continue to do. Hmm. And now he's added an addendum to that. He said the inn is full, it's closed. Uh, really? If you come in illegally, you now can get a college education that we pay for up in Sullivan County, Monticello, the Catskills, at taxpayers' expense in a SUNY college. Is this crazy or what? Of course more illegals are going to come. They're also going to say, wow, you can get a free college education courtesy of the suckers in New York City because we're not getting a nickel, dime, a penny for this from Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb in Albany, nor from Joe Biden, the president, who, of course, Eric Adams refuses to dis and dismiss since he's called himself the uh, Biden of Brooklyn. And then, meantime, there were problems on International Women's Day in New York City. The NYPD training chief, Juanita Holmes, who I've known over the years, very good at what she did. Uh, she was up to become the police commissioner, but got bumped when uh, Eric Adams decided to uh, uh, pluck Sewell from the ranks of leading the Nassau County uh, Detectives uh, Bureau. Uh, she all of a sudden ran afoul of police commissioner Sewell because she invited in Cardi B to a police event in what was called Girls' Day at the Police Academy at College Point. Remember Cardi B, who was complaining about all the taxes she has to pay now that she's a millionaire and hoping to soon be a billionaire? So, you know, the government is taking 40% of my taxes. And Uncle Sam, I want to know what you're doing with tax money because you know what I'm saying? Like, when you donate... Like, when you donate to a kid from a foreign country, they give you updates of what they're doing with your donation. I want to know what you're doing with my tax money because I'm from New York and the streets is always dirty. We was voted the dirtiest city in America. What is y'all doing? There's still rats on the damn trains. I know y'all not spending it in no damn prison because y'all be giving two underwears, one jumpsuit for like five months. So what is y'all doing with my money what is y'all doing with my money i want to know i want receipts i want everything i want to know what y'all with my what is that my uncle sam i want to know what you're doing with my money <laughs> that's what dmz said one time when he said hey bush 43's taking 50 percent of all my money surprise surprise you didn't complain at the Schlobein Projects when you were on your line for government handouts, uh, brick cheese, powdered milk, the whole nine yards. But interesting. When you listen to Cardi B there, you say, yeah, maybe maybe the police commissioner was right. She should not have been at the police academy 
speaking uh, at Girls Talk event. But then again, the mayor himself, he's always surrounding himself with these hip-hop mayors and these felons. Don't disconnect this moment. First time in New York City history, we have a hip-hop mayor. (laughs) (laughs) Dyslexic, arrested, rejected, now I'm elected. (laughs) So it's not do as I say. But as I do, because if you try to do what the mayor does, surround himself with felons who declare themselves to be now newborn hip-hop monsters, you could lose your job. In fact, if you were a cop, if you were hanging out with known felons, you would lose your badge and your gun. But, hey, the mayor claims he's mentoring them, like Ja Rule. His rap, remember? I got 100 guns, 100 clips. I'm from New York. I got a semi-automatic. The next time you talk, French Montana all the way up, right? Coke Boy, Coke Boy Records. Guy used to bring in kilos. I mean, we go on and on. Yesterday, he was commemorating Biggie Smalls, who uh, was proud of the fact that he was slinging crack to pregnant women in the projects, right? Right. So I don't know. Juanita Holmes, I guess, was just following in the footsteps of the hip-hop mayor, but she doesn't understand the separate rules and regulations for Eric Adams and other rules and regulations for the regular peeps. And speaking of the regular peeps, maybe the worst of the many disgraces that have occurred in this past month, Colin Kaepernick, who is a millionaire many times over, still claiming he wants to get back on the NFL gridiron. I'll never forget when he was in his prime with the San Francisco 49ers in the uh, Super Bowl in the Superdome in New Orleans. He was running, I mean, every which way, throwing, dodging uh, the Baltimore Ravens. He was magnificent, and then all of a sudden the lights went out for about 40 minutes. It allowed the Ravens to compose themselves, sort of get their air back into their lungs, and they went on to uh, squeak out a victory against the San Francisco 49ers. And we thought, wow, Colin Kaepernick, this guy is great. And then he never lived up, never lived up to his performance in the Super Bowl in the Superdome in New Orleans. I know I was sitting there when the lights went out. But ever since, it's been all downhill. I need not repeat all all the fa- uh, all the points of taking a knee, and then obviously having uh, pigs uh, and bacon, and referring to the police in that manner, and going on and on and on. But now, put that aside. Colin Kaepernick was um, the beneficiary of the fact that he was in a foundling hospital as an African-American child. There are too many African-American children who are in foundling hospitals who don't have a parent to care for them. Uh, you'll have somebody like Madonna who goes all the way to Africa to get black children, uh, but won't go to a foundling hospital here in America and take a unwanted African-American child. Well, a white adoptive couple, parents, took Colin Kaepernick at a very young age and gave him a good upbringing. And then for some strange reason, he went on a rant. He said, oh, my God, it was a horrible existence growing up in that household. And I said, what did they do? Did they beat you? Did they sexually abuse you? What happened? And he goes on to say, hey, when I was a teenager, I I started to get cornrows. And my mother said to me, I don't want you looking like at that time Alvin uh, 
Alan Iverson, AI, who remember escaped doing 15 years in jail because Governor Wilder there gave him a reprieve. I mean, this guy was uh, definitely a thug for the Philadelphia Sixers. So the mother was right. I don't want you looking like a thug, acting like a thug. And he said that that impaired him in his growth cycle. And that's why he wears a fro that is so large now and so unkept. He's blaming his white adoptive parents for a problematic upbringing perpetuating racism. And I think of all those young black children in foundling hospitals who have nobody to care for them. And I'll never forget that the uh, brother of Malcolm X uh, was in charge of adoptions for the David Dinkins administration. And his attitude was, if it's a black child, it must be black adoptive parents. White parents need not apply. Are we going back to those days, Colin? Instead of being grateful to your white adoptive parents, you're sliming them. You're sliming them, even though they made you everything you are now and you have all to be grateful to them. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, here's the Sid Wrap-Up. Oh, how quickly he forgets. Just like Eric Adams, swagger man without a plan. The ebony and ivory. Sid Rosenberg and Eric Adams suffer from the same syndrome. They say something and then it never gets followed up on. For instance, Sid Rosenberg promised a long time ago that Fridays would be devoted to Disco Friday. And I had to remind him of that this morning when I joined him, as I do Mondays at 7.05, Wednesdays at 7.05, and Fridays at 7.05. You promised your audience every Friday, Disco Friday, right? I did at one point. Yeah, Yo, well, what the hell was that? Rolling, Rolling, Rolling Stones. Stones. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you have more of a, a depressing open Curtis Lee were coming on. Well, well, hold on a second. Hey, Lewis, Curtis, and I'm, I'm kind of a Curtis on this one. I really am. I love doing a disco Friday. Louie's not a big disco fan. So we, we, we scratched yeah, because of Louis. Yeah, don't burn your disco vinyl records then. Well, pick a song right like now. Like they did in Kaminsky Park, remember? No, no, out I don't, in Chicago. No. I don't remember that. Uh, pick a song right now that you would like Lou to play for a disco party. Give me one right oh, now. Oh, Good Times, Chic. Good, good Times, times. Okay. 1979. Right. So, That's when I went rolling in at Coney Island with the Guardian yeah. Angels for the first time. And we just killed the crazy homicides and took over CI. Uh, it was a scene right out of the Warriors. A cult classic movement. Movie that came out just at the same time that I started The Guardian Angels in February of 1979. But then uh, I'm the only one that chastised uh, Sid because everybody else kisses his tuchus. I said, what's up with the poetry, huh? Would you knock it off with this stupid poetry from this, this schmuck that's putts from South Dakota? You want to say some more poetry from some schmuck out in South Dakota? Oh, my God. Guess what? Now that Curtis brought that up, Macedonia Bills, we got a brand new poem, didn't we? 
Oh, we didn't, no. Uh, yes, we're going to do poetry. it. No, here's what we're going to do. You ready for this? What? You're going to come back later in the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. you're going to read the poem. Definitely. definitely. <laughs> you know, they'll be in honor of the brother, remember, of Randy Macho Man Savage, the genius who used to come into the ring. Remember Vince McMahon yes. Jr. would have him come in the ring. Yes. Uh, Lenny Popov. Lenny and, Popov. And he, would, and he would read poetry. He just recently passed away in his honor, right? Oh, this is great. I love this. More talk time. Anything he's, simple, he's, more talk time. Now, you see, once again, he promised, he said, Curtis, you'll come in and you'll read uh, this new piece of poetry from a listener in South Dakota. Really? You would do that for somebody out in South Dakota where there is uh, more hay, more corn than people? Oh, my God. And actually, he never called me back. He's typical. He's, again, he's attention deficit disoriented, Sid, unless... You flood him with compliments. Somebody just said to me, is it that easy? If somebody says something really nice to you, then you just completely change your mind? And I, I hope you know, of course, that, yes, that's it. That's all you have to do. Macedonia Phil was so disappointed this morning. If Kathy Hochul said she loved your radio show, how would you feel about her? I mean, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're picking a horrible person. Well, I'm, I know. I'm, I'm picking someone that you really, really don't like. <laughs> yeah. But you said, they just compliment you. Said, if, she if, said, if Kathy Hochul said you have the best show in New York, I'd have to be friends with her, yeah. You see? You see, just stroke sit and you get anything you want. And then the guy that he wants but won't come on with him, Donald Trump. Maybe even go perfect for Hold the third day Hold on one second. I have to send this Takapina interview to Tak because it's going right to Donald Trump. I know, but... Uh, Jay Takapina yeah, at takapinalaw.com. Shut up one second. Jeez. Um, Talk about something else. He's Jay waiting. Tom. I'm sure he's waiting right now. No, he is. He, he, the president just said, can you send it to me now? Mm-hmm. So... Yep. I'm putting everything away for we're Sid doing right that. I can do this for you. Play the game. I will do it for you. And it's done. It took all of one re- second like you on a Saturday night with your girlfriend. I- Oh, what a diss, Macedonia Phil. But anyway, Trump ain't got to come on with him. But you know who's coming on at 3 o'clock, substituting for my kumbari chich, Rudy Giuliani, who's in travel. That's right, yours truly, Curtis Lee, to come back and talk more about why we should not be threatening Mexico.